We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Wednesday, the third day of August, the year of our Lord 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? Healthy and alive. Yeah, doing well. Yourself? Not bad. Not bad. I'm glad that I'm not feeling the effects of climate change. I'm not going to talk about climate change today. We're not going to do it. No climate change today. We've talked about climate change for the last two days, and I'm tired of it. We're going to talk about something else today. We ended yesterday talking about Speaker Pelosi going to Taiwan. Well, she did. And just as we said, nope, they're not going to shoot the plane down. Why would they do that? She's an asset. She's not a rival. Why would they do that? She has tens of millions of dollars invested in communist China along with her husband. And this whole semiconductor deal, she's involved with that. So why would they do that? No, 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 no. They're not going to do that. But what they are going to do is they're now going to establish a blockade around Taiwan because by her landing there today, you've got China all up in arms. It's political theater. It's for a show. Everybody's getting the headlines that they want. China's getting the headlines. Pelosi's getting the headlines. Everybody's getting the headlines. It's political theater. She's not working against China. She's working with them. The people in the United States that are in this administration, they're not working against China and Russia. They're working with them. Same thing with the European leaders. They're not working against Vladimir Putin. They're for what he's doing. Everything's backwards with these people. Reverse it on itself and you'll understand what the agenda is. It's that simple. It's just like everything else, just like with COVID. Reverse it upon itself and you can see clearly what it is. They don't want to drop the spread of the virus in the community. They want to increase it. So they say, in order to keep you safe, we're going to have to test everybody. And of course, they can use the test uh, spun up at 45 cycles. They can find a uh, hell, they could probably dig up the founding fathers and test them and they'd probably test positive. So Pelosi, she goes to Taiwan. Well, what's China done now? Oh, my goodness. They're going to have to do live fire war games all around the island of Taiwan. Does that look like a blockade to you when you see that map? Yeah, it does. Looks like a blockade. And they just announced today, you know what? We're going to have to do these uh, the People's Liberation Army, they said, we're going to have to do these war games. They're going to have to be live fire exercises. And, you know, some of these missiles that we're going to launch, they're going to have to go over Taiwan just to make sure. Does that sound like they're setting up a blockade of some kind for future endeavors? Iran has condemned what Pelosi's done. Russia has condemned what Pelosi has done. The United Nations Secretary General has said today that they support the one China policy. Sounds awful familiar, doesn't it? Sounds exactly like Xi himself said it. So they're getting their blockade. At least that's what it looks like. I mean, Bruce, you look at this uh, this map here. Does that look like a blockade to you? At least a, a start of one. It does, yeah. It, it, at least it feels like they're just kind of testing the waters to see if the U.S. will do anything or any other nation will do anything if they blockade Taiwan. Uh, could they they having that blockade the way they do or position the the ships that they the, the way they are that pretty much would cut them off from any any kind of 
in and out. Yes. Yeah, that's true. So you couldn't have anything coming up from the south and you're not going to have anything coming from the northeast. And they've got their flank covered coming off the mainland. I'd have to look at this to see where the ports are on a map. But um, I'm pretty sure uh, that the locations that they have them covers all the ports. In the meantime, the uh, the Global Times, which is a, a state-run media outlet from China, speaking for the Chinese Communist Party, they say that this is a Taiwan Straits version of the Cuban Missile Crisis. The U.S. is the provocateur. The world is watching whether Pelosi will pull the trigger with her own hands. If the U.S.-China conflict explodes because of this, Mr. Blinken, speaking of Secretary Blinken, don't you know who is to blame? So everything that is does, to- by the way. What's that? It covers it all the ports? It does cover all the ports. Okay, it covers so it covers ports. all the ports. Okay, so there's your blockade right there, covering all ports of entry. So you're literally sealing them off from everything, minus air travel, but they would lock down the uh, uh, the airspace. You can bet that. The U.S. is the provocateur. The world is watching whether Pelosi will pull the trigger with her own hands. As I said, she's not a rival. She's not against what they're doing. She's part of it. So again, they have to push the blame off as if this is a U.S. provocation. It's not. It's not. That is not a U.S. provocation at all. You've got the U.N., you've got Russia, and you've got Iran all saying that this is, a, and China, of course, all saying that this is a violation of China's sovereignty. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, how, how is that a violation of your sovereignty when you have a sovereign nation of, them, uh, of their own that gets a visit from someone, which I, I don't even understand. Why is she even going over there? Why? What is she doing there? Since when does the Speaker of the House of Representatives go on international diplomatic tours, especially during this time? When, since when does that happen? No, no. It's a planned trip. She didn't spend too much time in Singapore. She didn't spend too much time in Kuala Lumpur, did she? No. They didn't exactly break down any doors with headlines when she went to those places, did they? No. They're making headlines with this one. Why? Because this is Ukraine 2.0. This is the next step. This is the next political theater. This is the next thing. We're going to have to uh, arm Taiwan. We're going to be sending people over there. And although I don't think it's going to be quite as, um, how do I put it? I don't think it's going to be as big a show as what they did with Zelensky. That's a big enough show, but they're a landlocked country in Eastern Europe. Taiwan is not. They're a, they're a landlocked island nation in the middle of the Pacific. That's going to be a little bit more difficult to have their little show in there. And then, of course, you know, China, they're going to do their own little song and dance. I don't see them trafficking weapons in there, as in the, the West. I don't see that happening, especially if China does a, a blockade and, you know, blockades them into surrender, which, let's be honest, thank God that uh, there was a certain dictator on the continent of Europe. Thank God he didn't figure this out with the British during that time, because that's all he had to do. If he would have put his concentration onto shipbuilding, all he had to do was blockade Great Britain into surrender. That would have been it. But he didn't. These people, I think, have learned from history. They can blockade the island of Taiwan into surrender. But again, Pelosi, why is she there? She's giving him an excuse, isn't she? Why not? Does she stand to make a substantial amount of gain by being invested over there? Well, let's take a look. Out of the National Pulse, God love these people, Natalie Winters, Raheem Kassam, Pelosi has a linked lobbyist group that are pushing for China's social credit system for American citizens. Does that surprise you? It also happens to you be the say. same company. Yeah, it also happens to be the same company. I'm sure this is just coincidence that implements the vaccine passport scheme. You, you mean to tell me that the people that are responsible for implementing the vaccine passport scheme are are looking to implement a social credit system using that same type of scheme? It, it's almost like we had a crystal ball. 
And, and we could see that coming. The Ant Group, a payment platform used to implement vaccine passports and a social credit system in China, has retained a number of American lobbying firms, including some ties with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Also, former President Barack Obama. And, well, there's another one here that might surprise you. Uh, Senator Mitt Romney. Does that surprise you? He's, he's also got his uh, chief of staff, I believe, is on the uh, uh, is on the board of Burisma, which is the Ukrainian gas company. Not at all surprised with Mitt Romney. Not at all. No, not in the least. The Ant Group is an offshoot of the Chinese company Alibaba. Wait a minute. Isn't that Jack Ma's outfit? I think it is, isn't it? Which has been previously flagged by the U.S. State Department as a tool of the Chinese Communist Party and crucial to the regime's buildup of technology-facilitated surveillance and, st- and social control. The Ant Group also owns Alipay. I'm assuming that AliExpress is linked to this as well. Alipay, like that's because AliExpress is uh, it's like a Chinese version of uh, I want to say it's like um, uh, well it's it's almost like an Amazon, but Alibaba is the same. But I think it's a little like it's a step higher than AliExpress. Yeah, it looks like. AliExpress. Uh, let's see here. Uh, online shopping for popular electronics, fashion, uh, so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they're they're kind of the same. So AliPay, I'm assuming, would be their their payments platform for that. But this is a specific this specific platform here, AliPay. That happens to be a digital payment platform used by Beijing to institute vaccine passports. Huh. Interesting. But that's. The scheme that actually forces people into quarantine. The Ant Group is a key component of China's broader social credit system, sharing the data it collects on user spending habits and online activity with the Chinese Communist Party regulators. Despite these fears, several American lobbyists are working on behalf of the Ant Group, appearing to help broaden the company's operations and reach inside the U.S. I wonder, how does this relate to Google, because you said that Google's working on something, Bruce. We talked about it before. They they're talking about the um, uh, where they track your actions, your movements, your preferences, your relationships, uh, all that stuff, your decisions, all that stuff. But this one, this one, it's almost the same. But they're doing this on an ec- on an economy and a service based shopping habits, and they're also targeting your ideologies. Does the Google one go deeper than that? I'd have to look into it again. Uh, I'm not sure offhand. I can't remember what the name of that project was called. Yeah, but we did it. We did a thing on it. I, I can't remember what it was called. It's been a while. I mean, they they track other things like your email as well. Well, yeah, that we know. I mean, everything is tracked when it comes to yeah. Google. When it comes to Google, yes, yes. I, I can't remember yeah. specifically what the project was about, but it was about. Uh, it was it was leading towards the Internet of Things, where it's they create the product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's this is. Yeah, the AI, yes, but there, there was also something else where they would anticipate the product that you would want before you would want it, and if that product didn't exist, that's, they would create. That it. was Amazon. Was that Amazon? That was that's Amazon. That's what they see themselves as being in the future. That's what they want to be. Oh, I see. Is I see. Uh, in the future they're going to produce products that you they're going to predict the product you want or judge based on what your buying habits are and create a product that you would want, you know, to try to spur interest in it. So the product may not exist yet, and they'll use AI to design a product that will fit your need based on your buying habits. Which, again, you, well, if you go by what we were talking about yesterday, you're not going to own that. You're going to lease it because all products will be services. Yeah. 
Throughout 2021 and 2022, the Ant Group hired four external lobbying and public affairs firms to help with objectives including outreach regarding corporate profile and operations of the Ant Group and its subsidiary, Alipay US. Can you pull Alipay US, please? See what you can find on it. Yeah. The Ant Group, by the way, is Jack Ma as well. That's the Jack parent. Ma. Okay. It's it's essentially the we'll say alphabet for Google. It's the same thing. It's it's still it. okay. Google, but it, they just yeah. okay. So it yeah, created a parent, parent company, company of itself. Okay, I see. And I'm assuming Alipay is like that's like their version of PayPal. That's my guess. Yes, that, that's yeah. their own payment platform. Okay, the OBC Group has been representing the Ant Group since January 1st of 2022 on matters regarding regulatory issues for the Ant Group and its subsidiaries. Among the firm's consultants working for Ant Group is a gentleman named Larry O'Brien, who has been described as the uh, by the Washington Post as a major Democratic operative. Mr. O'Brien has been a long-standing participant in the House Democratic Congressional Campaign Committees, the Maximum Level Individual Donor Program, the Speaker's Cabinet, and in the Pelosi Team 100 program, what a privilege it must be to be on that team. Over a period of two decades, Mr. O'Brien has had an extensive degree of involvement and interaction with the House Democratic leadership, with myriad Democratic members across a wide array of House committees, with the leadership of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. This is according to his professional biography, if you can pull that. He's also worked at the most elevated participation level with the Democratic Senate Campaign Committee, charging its premier individual donor group, the Legacy Circle, since the inception of the program in 2006. He was a designated lifetime member of the Legacy Circle in 2014. In addition, he is the recipient of what the Democratic Senate Campaign Committee describes as one of the highest honors that it can bestow, an award of lifetime membership in its majority trust program. In the award letter to Mr. O'Brien, Senator Schumer, yeah, big Chuck from uh, from New York, that a guy, uh, here's, here's another guy who's never held a job in his entire life. He's always been in politics. He's like Bernie Sanders. He's never done anything. He's always been in politics. At the time, Senator Schumer was the chair of the Democratic Senate Campaign Committee, and he stated, and I'm quoting, I can't think of a more qualified Democrat to receive this honor. Another ant group lobbyist on behalf of the OBC group, Thomas J. Keating, served in the House of Representatives in the office of the Sergeant at Arms for over 13 years, with his most recent role as the Director of Police Services. Several other establishment D.C. figures, including advisors to the campaigns of George Herbert Walker Bush and Mitt Romney, are also working on behalf of the Ant Group, according to the OBC's group lobbying registration. For three months of work, the firm received a retainer of $60,000. Lobbying firm Akin, Gump, Strauss, Hoyer, and Feld is also currently representing Ant Group, beginning its work for the Chinese company on January 27th of 2022. In addition to Democratic con congressional staffers and advisors to George W. Bush, Ed Pagano, who served as Senate liaison and deputy assistant to the president for legislative affairs in the Obama administration, is also working on behalf of Alipay. Do you mean to tell me that you've got people from the Bush era, as in Bush Sr., not George W. Bush, his father, people from that era, Obama, and you've got people in Romney's area also working on all of this, and you got Pelosi involved in this? It's almost like they... They wanted you to take that vaccine passport. It's almost like they wanted you to take that. JP Morgan also supports Alipay. Are we surprised? That was as of September of last year. Another government affairs firm, Rich Foyer Anderson, 
no relation, began lobbying for Alipay on January 1st of 2022, conducting outreach regarding corporate profile and operations of Ant Group and its subsidiary, Alipay U.S. Among the consultants working on behalf of Rich Foyer Anderson are the alumni of the U.S. Treasury Department, the Senate Finance Committees, and Democratic officials. Uh Uh-huh. So there you go. There you go. Straight out of the Republican and Democratic coffers comes your social credit system, your vaccine passports, and everything that will control your life. Are we surprised? Of course not. The Republicans, uh, GOP, they are the opposite side of the same coin. They literally present you with the same BS that the Democrats do. They just do it in a different way. In fact, this is this is what Republicans are, are guilty of. They come out and say the things you want to hear. They They say they support you. They say they're on board with like you know, lower taxes, uh, uh, you know, border security, all those kind of things. But then when it comes, when push comes to shove and they have a bill coming through that would do exactly as they say, what do they do? They either gut it, fill it full of pork or uh, vote against it. They, they're liars, the majority of them. Uh, so, yeah, th- this makes perfect sense. I'll ask the question again, and I'm going to ask it again and again. Is China really upset that Pelosi is in Taiwan? Well, if you read Fox News, this is what you'll find, a headline like this. China is furious after Pelosi lands in Taiwan and promises all necessary measures to defend itself. I don't think she went there with a military convoy, did she? No, I don't think she did. But again, with all the previous connections that we just talked about, is she really a rival? No, no, she's not. Is anybody in the former administrations minus Trump? Maybe. I don't know. But I mean, let's be honest. Who created the executive order for Operation Warp Speed? Who said that Remdesivir showed promise? Who spun up the um, the national, uh, whatever it was, the national defense thing, or whatever that, that was, to manufacture ventilators? Yeah, National Defense Act or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And production, who also... National Defense Production Act? Yeah, know, Defense Production like, Act. That's what it was. Defense Production yeah. Act. And who also paved the way for hospitals to incentivize putting people on ventilators? I'm just going to leave that one sitting right there. You can make your own mind up. But back to this. Do they really have a rivalry going? No, no, they certainly don't. Not with those connections. And if that's not bad enough, you need some cover, don't you? You can't just send the Speaker of the House over there when they say, oh, well, you know, that's a direct provocation. It's a violation of sovereignty. If you didn't have a news camera on it, you wouldn't care, would you? You wouldn't see the headlines. You wouldn't be making the headlines. Yes, China would be out there with their state-run media and everything. And of course, they're doing their whole propaganda thing. Of course, they've spun up their propaganda machine. That thing is on is on maximum propaganda 24-7. That's what their propaganda machine does. That's what the Chinese Communist Party, that's what communist parties and Marxist parties, I guess I shouldn't just say communist parties, socialists in government, they always have a propaganda machine going. Always. This is no different. And you think, well, the US, you know, you guys... You guys have a propaganda machine, too. Oh, yes, we do. Yes, we do. We've got some of the best propaganda that you can ask for because it's uh, it's not even really good propaganda coming out of the U.S. It's laughable. It's kind of like the the cartoon stuff that the Chinese Communist Party put out, you know, or the European whatever those networks. It's it's laughable. The cartoon level stuff that these people put out. I, I was watching Chris Matthews when he was still on MSNBC. He had his show Hardball. Of course, they canceled him because he said, oh, wait a minute, uh, Castro, he was a communist. and He started shooting people. I, I'm sorry, I'm not for that when I, when we talk about Bernie Sanders. And he got drummed out of the network and off television after that, didn't he? They didn't even give Matthews the dignity of completing his last show. They went 
to commercial after his monologue and he was replaced when they came back from commercial. But I'm getting sidetracked. These people in the media, I mean, I, I really can't believe that they actually believe this nonsense that they put out. There was a woman who was, uh, she's an MSNBC anchor, and she said, you know what? The public doesn't trust us anymore. Well, no, we don't. When I watch these shows, and I was mentioning Chris Matthews, when I watch these shows, I felt like, and I still feel like when I see this stuff, I feel like I'm being talked to like I'm a preteen, a prepubescent teen. That's what I feel like I'm being talked to. I feel like I feel like I'm sitting in an elementary school classroom being lectured to by some teacher. That's what I feel like is going on here. And, and they're they're pointing to like these these cartoon things on the chalkboard behind them. But you need to be trained in the art of propaganda, don't you? In order to put out good propaganda, or at least be halfway convincing to an unsuspecting populace to indoctrinate them, you have to be trained in the ways of deceiving people. I mean, the usual networks in the US, right? CNN. People think that CNN, that actually passes for news overseas. If you go to foreign countries, I mean, I'm outside of the US right now, and CNN has always been a part of the channel lineup. Always. And I'm not talking about in the native language of that country. You go to France, you go to England. Well, of course, England, they speak English. But if you go to in any of the non-native English countries across Europe and in all the hotel rooms and all the airports and everything, you always get CNN. And it's always the English CNN. Now, it might be the international version. You know, you won't get Anderson Cooper or, or Wolf Blitzer all the time. Thank God. But nonetheless, these are the ones that people see. And people think that this passes for American news. Quite frankly, I don't think we really have any news over there, with the exception of a lot of the alt media people that are out there, like uh, Glenn Beck. Now, his outfit at, at Blaze TV, that's the largest alternative news platform, I think that's up there, even outside of the US. That's one of the largest platforms in the world, the work he's doing there. And then, of course, you got guys like Joe Rogan, uh, guys over like uh, Dennis Prager, Prager U, all, all these people. These are all alternative uh, platforms. Uh, ben Shapiro does his thing. Dan Bongino does his thing. These are all alternative things that are not part of the mainstream. Now, these guys might appear on the mainstream from time to time, but they have their own operations. And you don't hear too much about that because those are paid subscriptions. And a lot of times you're not going to be given advertisements to direct you over to these things. So people get stuck watching CNN. CNBC is also another that's like the financial network side of things. You get that as part of your regular lineup when you're outside of the U.S. So people think that the uh, financial side of things is, you know, that's that's part of American news, which in the finance world, they do follow that, but that's a rigged casino. I mean, if you want to get involved in that, go ahead. I think you're wasting your time. And then, of course, you've got the Associated Press, which they run Reuters and they run the articles and all that stuff. And that's usually what you see. And they're in just about every country, the Associated Press. They don't actually go under the Associated Press most of the time. They'll write an article that will be picked up by another outfit, but you'll see in the article sub uh, subsection where it says written by AP writer so-and-so. That's what it'll be. So if you have CNN, which I just described where all of their coverage is, CNBC, which again, they have the same coverage overseas as CNN. And then of course, you've got the written side of things, the Associated Press. They write for a multitude of foreign outfits as well. The Associated Press. They write for papers in England. They write for papers in Germany. They write for papers in the Netherlands. They write for papers in Italy and in France and in Spain. So why these three? Well, if you wanted to reach a large enough audience on an international level and you have this type of market coverage with these three outlets, those would be the most 
prominent outlets that you'd want to infiltrate and twist, wouldn't you? If you wanted to tailor a certain message to different demographics of people and different nationalities of people, why not? Well, let's take a look at these three organizations. You know, it, it's just, it's funny. It's funny. It, it, it's all, it almost seems like this was all planned when you look at it like this. CNN, CNBC, and the Associated Press all met with Chinese Communist Party propagandists less than three weeks ago. Let me see. What news outlets today have the biggest coverage of what's going on in Taiwan today? Well, it would be these three networks, wouldn't it? You got the ones that are in print, the Associated Press, they're running all that stuff. CNBC, they're controlling the market. They're putting out the talking points on the market, the financials, because if there's any kind of conflict, you know there's going to be turmoil in the markets. So you want to control that narrative. You want to control what the investors are going to do. And then CNN, your typical propaganda arm in all nations. So you want to make sure that you've got the message covered in as many countries as possible. So they've got all the things covered. They've got the, the talking points for the television news networks. They've got the talking points for the financial side of things to keep the investors in check in the, in the Western world. And they've got the print side of things for those that don't have time to watch and they get news articles when they're on their phone going on going from here to here to there reading in their news feeds or whatever. They just happened to meet with Chinese Communist Party propagandists just a few weeks ago. Major news outlets, including CNN, CNBC and the Associated Press, recently met with Chinese Communist Party propagandists flagged by the U.S. government for seeking to malignly influence U.S. politics. Hmm. Bureau chiefs for the Associated Press CNN and CNBC took a meeting with Chinese People's Association for Friendship with Foreign Countries. Oh, you see, you see, it's just a friendly meeting. That's all it is. Maybe I was jumping the gun when I said propagandists. Maybe I was. Bruce, do you think I was jumping the gun when I said propagandists? I mean, the Chinese People's Association for Friendship with Foreign Countries. Those don't seem like yeah, propagandists, do they? No, no. China's always seeking to make friends with other countries, right? Yes. They, they never... Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, there is no 100-year policy or any of those kind of things. That's just a conspiracy. Yeah. It wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't associated with this other thing, this uh, this billion-dollar united front effort. You know, that's the one where the Biden administration sent a lot of their aides over. They're working with the, the united front. That one. Yeah. The united front aims to co-opt and neutralize sources of potential opposition to the policies and authority of the Chinese Communist Party and influence foreign governments to take actions or adopt positions supportive of Beijing's preferred policies. That's according to the federal U.S. China Security and Economic Review Commission, which was a government initiative that was started in 2018. The United Front groups such as the China United States Exchange Foundation, which was the one where the Biden administration aides were sent over to China to learn about the ways of how they do things in China, you know, just to better the relations between our two countries. That That's all it was about. They've used tactics, including, imagine this, free trips to China to garner favorable coverage from mainstream media outlets, according to the Foreign Agent Registration Act filings. I'm pretty sure that CNN, CNBC, and the Associated Press, when they took a meeting with the Chinese People's Association for Friendship with Foreign Countries in China, you know that's where they went. I'll bet you they got the full red carpet treatment. I'll bet you they got everything that they wanted. You know, the Russians, they used to do something similar to this. It was called the, the Lenin School. They would actually have trips. They would sponsor trips for Western media outlets and agitators and politicians and things like that to go to Moscow 
and to take part in the Lenin School, they would then become enhanced. <laughs> There's the word I'm looking for. They would become enhanced. And then they would be sent back to their home countries where they would carry the messages of the ways of Marxism. As a matter of fact, one prominent U.S. politician actually took that trip to Moscow on more than one occasion. And I mean, he's done wonders for uh, for promoting uh, the messages of uh, uh, of Marx in, in the U.S. That's Bernie Sanders. He spent time over there. We've actually seen videos of that. Honeymooned. Yeah, he actually honeymooned. Who honeymoons in the Soviet Union, really? Who honeymoons? It's like Bill de Blasio. He honeymooned in Cuba. Like, I understand that Cuba is a, is a beautiful country. I'm not I'm not knocking it. I'm, I understand Cuba is a beautiful country. Venezuela is a beautiful country. Colombia is a beautiful country. But the government systems down there are a bit to be desired. Just a little bit. I would love to go to Cuba someday. I really would. I would love to go down there, but not in its current condition. Same thing with Colombia. I would love to go to Colombia. I would love to go to Venezuela, but not in their current states. Not in their current states. Not at all. Yeah, but see, the, the, this is the difference. With the politicians, they see opportunity with those countries. Uh, and that that's the difference. Yes, opportunity. We saw some opportunity with China, didn't we? Well, I mean, we didn't. We were the ones that have been screaming about it for so many years, saying, what are you idiots doing? Going over there and doing business with these people. But hey, you know, who are we? We don't know what we're talking about. We're just nobodies, right? You, you don't know anything about it. This is why they told us, our generation, 20 years ago, don't get involved in politics. We're the experts. We've already been in there for 20 years. Let us run things. You go work for some corporation somewhere and don't have any kids. That's what, that's what they told our generation. Go do this because that will be a better future for you. Uh, no, no, it's not. These old relics should have been out of there 20 years ago. But see, we're behind now. And now there's no one to replace them with. That's the problem, is there's no one to replace them with. There's no one to continue on this uh, this nonsense. Now, our generation is still at the point now where we're still able to take over. We still have a good 20 years we can put in up there. And the biggest threat that they see right now is our generation actually somehow gaining control when they're being forced out. And we're going to undo every last damn thing that they have done. Everything that they have spent the last 30 years wrecking, we're going to undo it. Every last damn bit of it. You better believe it. I, I think they're trying to groom AOC as an example to be their next hero, if you will. Yes, but she's more radical than they are. Yes, but that, that that's kind of, if you look at uh, past movements, usually the kids are more radical than the parents. That's just, that, that's just normal. Uh, if you look at, uh, for example, I'll give you an example of uh, it working in the opposite direction. Uh, my family is conservative. My grandparents were Democrats for many, many years. Uh, I don't think they are, are that anymore. My parents are, you know, um, they still hold to the classic Democrat thing. My grandparents, the, the uh, JFK type. Uh, then you have my parents who are kind of, uh, you know, they're Republican, but I, I would say more of like a Bush you know, kind of more on that vein. And I'm more of a probably closer to a, a DeSantis or Rand Paul. I'm I'm much more aggressive and uh, activist than any of the previous generations. But at the same time, you look at the times that the generations in the past, uh, times were better back in the past. You you didn't have the, the crazy lunacy that's going on now uh, to where we don't know gender, you know, it, that's all fluid. We're, we're uh, indoctrinating our kids. We're, we're trying to groom them for, uh, you know, 
Well, I th- uh, honestly, I, th- I think it's only a matter of time because as you and I were talking privately last week, I said they're on self-destruct. Th- this whole agenda is on self-destruct anyway. So eventually it's going to come to an end. But I don't know how bad the fallout is going to be. That part I don't know yet. Uh, and I can't even hazard a guess as to how bad it's going to be. But it's a matter of time right now. If we can put the brakes on this, if we can somehow or another wrestle control away from these people, and they're not going to go down without a fight. These suicide bankers, as I call them, you know, the, like the Klaus Schwab types, these people have a suicide pact. They are going to go down, but they're not going to go down without a fight. They're going to go down one way or the other. That's just the way of things. That's how it goes. Remember, the tyrants always think they're winning right up until the end when they lose. Always happens that way. Every time in history, there's no reason to believe that this time is going to be any different. It's not going to be easy. I can assure you of that. It's not going to be easy at all. It's going to be very difficult. And once this gets settled, that's when the real work starts. We've got a new world to build here, and we don't have time to be messing around any longer. We don't have time for this nonsense, and we're going to get it right this time. I'll actually hazard a guess and say what civilization's going to do. You know, I'll take a stab at it. If those of us that uh, still believe in things like water's wet, you know, some of the some of the truths that are, you know, fire burns, some of the basic truths that we know to be real. Those of us that still believe in those things, if we don't stand up against what is currently being thrusted upon us, and I, I mean both the social credit system and this lunacy with the the uh, tranny madness and the the LGBT stuff. Um, you know, like I've said before, I am all for you as an adult. If you want to go off and, you know, dudes with dudes, women with women, or you want to say you're a ge- different gender, fine. Uh, but don't force it on others and don't force it on the kids. Uh, if, if we don't stand up against what's going on now, then when the fall does come, when it does happen, because it's inevitable, it's going to happen. It's going to be far, far worse if we don't stand up and start resisting this. Um, because looking at it in, in the past, in, in history's past, you know, in civilization's past, you will have someone that will come in and in our case, we're the ruling empire. You're going to have someone rise up and say and see that the empire is weak and they will use brutish force to come in and take over. And um, they will be barbaric in how they take over. That's kind of we're, we're on the cusp of that happening. We're right on the verge of that. Uh, we have multiple enemies that are showing their heads and they're all very brutish in what they're going to do uh, if they win. So, again, we have to stand up for our civilization. And I'm not saying do anything crazy or, you know, any of that. I'm, I'm just saying, uh, you know, start at the local level. You, you start uh, in, in your local communities, get those cleaned up, like, uh, you know, get in your school boards, you know, mayor or whatever. I mean... Any, any County of that commissioner, stuff. anything. City yeah. council seats, any of that stuff. You'd be surprised, and th- this is the this is the truth. I, I don't, I can't speak to foreign countries, but I can say within the U.S., a lot of the county positions and those hold a, quite a bit of power. You really have no idea. In other words, let's say you're the county commissioner, and some lunatic from uh, FEMA comes in town. You have the authority to send them packing. You say, listen here, no, we're doing things this way here because this is how we do things and I have the authority to do that and it supersedes you. Get out or I'll have the sheriff come down here and remove you. You have that authority. But you would be surprised across America, across the United States, how many county positions go unfilled every election cycle 
all you have to do is run. Hell, you'd probably run unopposed to most of them. Uh, and and to throw in as well, there uh, there was a. Do you remember the ATF coming in? And the ATF was uh, coming coming to just the average person and saying, hey, look, we've seen that you bought new firearms. Uh, we just want to see if you still have those firearms. Uh, you know, just take them. You're, you're not in trouble or anything. Just just bring them out. And we just want to verify the serial number and all that unconstitutionally legal. This is why you want to be connected with your law enforcement. You want to know who your law enforcement officers are, both sheriff and local police. You want to Kind of have a, a good repertoire with them and the mayor as well. You know, you, you want to know who the mayor is and where they stand politically, because this happened as well in a in a, another town. And the guy called the cops and said, hey, look, I got some dudes out here posing as uh, uh, federal agents in front of my house saying I have to give up my guns to them. Uh, I need some cops down here to check this out. Law enforcement came down there and uh, confronted the guy and he was ATF. Uh, but what was interesting is he tried to throw around his federal position and law enforcement were like, uh, uh, you, you, you at this point are a suspect and they drew their guns on him because the guy would not cooperate. And then when they finally got him down and were trying to cuff him, he, he was constantly resisting and fighting them. And they're like, stop resisting. And then one of the guys is like, pull out your taser, get him. And the guy's like, no, no, I got wife and kids. And like, he started like, you know, doing the, and they tased uh -huh. him a few times and arrested him. But you, you, it, it was a fun, fun little video when you, uh, when you're somebody that doesn't like the ATF. But anyway, um, this is why you want to know who your sheriff is and be connected with law enforcement because if something like this does happen and the federal government comes in and starts uh trying to throw their weight around local government has more authority than the federal government the federal government can't come in and start doing those kind of things without warrants without the proper papers uh, and you can have local law enforcement throw them out you're absolutely right you're talking about the atf and i ran across this today the irs has stockpiled more than five million not 5,000, 5 million rounds of ammunition. The IRS, the International Robbery, excuse me, I'm sorry, the Internal Revenue Service, I'm sorry, it was just, you know, a common mistake that I make with that organization. This was brought to light by Representative Matt Gates. I don't really care for this guy. I honestly, I don't care for this. There's just something about this guy I just don't like. But he did bring to light that they spent $725,000 of U.S. taxpayer money on bullets this year, the IRS, what do they need with five million? I'm sorry, I still can't get over that. Five million rounds of ammunition. Tax collectors. Why do you have armed tax collectors? Who gave them the authority, let alone the funds, to go and do that? They don't have uh, those kind of powers to have firearms. That, that no, they, they, the they Department do not of have Education. That the Department of Education is now buying firearms and ammunition. Who authorized that? Why does the Department of Education need that? And don't tell me it's because of school shootings, because the police can't even deal with that. Look at Uvalde. Yeah, I, I have um, I have not seen a bill pass Congress that gives them that kind of authority, uh, nor have I seen any constitutional amendment that uh, provides them with that authority, because the Constitution says what authority the federal government has and then there is a um, a cutoff. Any 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 other authorities that aren't given to the federal government are given to the states. 
So if the Constitution doesn't give them that authority, uh, I mean, well, let's be honest. A lot of these organizations shouldn't exist constitutionally. Yeah. Um, it, Congress is, has created de- uh, departments and branches, basically, that are supposed to, the, to run things for Congress. Congress doesn't have that authority. The powers were given to Congress and Congress alone. The Congress is not allowed to go out and, and you know, uh, give their powers to others. But that's not in the Constitution. They can't do that. So I would argue that the majority of those departments should not exist. You're not going to get any argument from me. But listen to this. A 2018 report from the Government Accountability Office said the IRS's Criminal Investigation Division had... 2,148 law enforcement officers and 4,461 weapons, including 15 fully automatic firearms and 5 million rounds of ammunition. So IRS, why, why you're, you should not be allowed to have automatic weapons as, as an average citizen. We can't have automatic weapons. So why the hell are you allowed to have automatic well weapons? we can just you've got to go through 900 flaming hoops and pay tax stamps and give Effective, up your second you amendment and your fourth amendment yeah. and all the rest yeah you got to go through that which i think is all nonsense anyway uh, but this isn't the only agency like what i was talking about listen to some of these other numbers the environmental protection agency they have 600 firearms for what i mean this is an organization that that lists clean dirt as a pollutant and hay dust as a pollutant that's no word of a lie are, are these like, are they including uh, like security in this? Like I could understand if they have like security and security or arms. Yeah, that and, I understand. That I understand. I, I, I get I, that. But I don't think, I mean, you, you've got, you've got, let me see the IRS. They've got 2,148 law enforcement officers and 4,461 weapons, including 15 fully automatic firearms. Who at the IRS and who at the EPA is that important that you need that kind of security for? Who? There's nobody. Nobody would even know who these people are if they're out on the street. Yeah. The the, the other thing is, is um, well, for, for example, if they come to your door saying anything, really, it doesn't matter what it is. If they don't have the proper warrants that were issued by a local judge, they have no power. They have no authority. So if the... IRS or technically the IRS, I know you go against the IRS and they'll throw you in prison without any kind of, I mean, they don't have the authority to do that, but they'll do it anyway, which is ironic. You owe them money, so they throw you in prison, so you can't pay the money, and then it's just, anyway. That's funny, isn't it? Continuing on, at the same time, special agents at the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, or NASA, are equipped with machine guns and AR-15s at the Smithsonian Institute employed 620 armed special agents. I'm doing the air quotes, special agents up from guess how many they had in 2008? Zero. So the Smithsonian Institute all of a sudden needs 620 armed special agents for what reason? For what purpose? I'm, I'm just sounds like they're creating a private army that the yeah at the executive, executive branch has authority yeah, over. Exactly. Like who are you preparing to fight? That's what I want to know. Who are you preparing to go after with all that firepower? What do you need all that firepower in these agencies for? Most of these people that work in these agencies are complete buffoons, quite frankly. I think a lot of them are limp-wristed bunch of people that wouldn't know how to work a gun anyway. So I, I don't know. Whatever. There's no precedent and no purpose for that whatsoever for a bunch of paper pushers to be armed like that. None whatsoever. I mean, I understand maybe having security at maybe a building or something. I mean, just but you can contract that out. 
like a lot of government and military people do anyway. You can put contractors out there. I don't see any problem with that because, I mean, you got to have security in a building. I get it. You know, you want to have security in an IRS building or in a government building. Okay, I understand. But why do you need these agencies armed? Why does the Department of Education need armed personnel? Why does that? Well, I mean, if I guess if you look at the current state of the education system in America, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Because the parents are down domestic terrorists. Yeah. So, so based based on the way that wording thinks, that's why they have to do it. But honestly, uh, like I said, those departments shouldn't even exist. So the fact that they're arming themselves when they shouldn't even exist to begin with almost sounds like it's, uh, um, well, an insurrection, a coup almost. How dare you? You got anything else today? Yeah, government's bad, okay? Great place to leave it. For those of you who would like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener, and we would ask you to pass it along to five friends. You know someone you're trying to wake up and get to think on their own? We would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. Bruce, thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening. 